Hi there. You're listening to the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, the disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. For today's um, announcements and reminders, first, I want to say it is really hot where I am located at in the Pacific Northwest. And those of us in the Pacific Northwest do not have central air. Most homes do not have air conditioning of any kind. Um, I happen to have um, a portable air conditioning unit, and so I'm sitting quite comfortably. However, that you might hear that in the background. And if you do, I apologize. Um, it's not the normal thing. However, as we move through summer, you, you are likely to hear that <laughs> because I am not fond of heat, uh, which is one reason why I love living where I do because luckily we only have a few months out of the year. Um, and out of those few months, just a few weeks that are um, really, really warm temperatures. So um, there's that. Uh, the second uh, reminder is that there is a validation workshop coming in August and an online Zoom support group that will be um, that will be meeting in starting in September. If you are interested in either one of these, please email me at theestrangedheart@gmail.com, and I'm happy to put you on the list um, so that you can get the the um, email with all the details, detail information and things such as that. I will announce that here on, on the podcast as we get closer to each one of those. However, um, if you want to be in the loop a little sooner than that, then uh, please send me an email and I'm happy to put you on the list. Again, validation workshop in August and the online Zoom support group will begin in September. And finally, uh, I want to thank you again to those of you who continue to make financial donations. I am deeply grateful for your support and honored to be doing this work to help heal the world one heart at a time. Um, If you are interested in learning how to do this, uh, to provide financial support or a, you know, on a monthly basis or a one-time donation, uh, there will be more information on how to do that in the show notes. So moving on to our quotes as we begin today's episode. The first one, the emotion that can break your heart is sometimes the very one that heals it. And that is by Nicholas Sparks. The second one, a parent's voice becomes a child's self-talk. And that is by Dr. Becky Kennedy. And the third one is, if we are harsh and aggressive with our kids, when we are upset with them, why are we then surprised when they're harsh and aggressive when they are upset? And that is by, um, at Big Little Feelings on Instagram. 
So today's episode is is titled um, "Your Strange Adult Child Is Not Your Peer," um, and I hear um, I hear a lot from estranged parents um, things that statements that contradict themselves, and um, I, I felt that this needed to be said and I'm hoping to bring some light and shine some lights on some places that maybe estranged parents aren't necessarily recognizing or looking at. Um, if you've followed this podcast for any length of time, you know that this is not a dig at parents. It's not a judgment and blame and shame thing. That's not my game. That's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about getting curious and learning and growing and evolving. And um, it's very difficult to do those things, to get curious, to learn and grow and evolve if we're being judged and shamed and those types of things. And so that's not what this is about. I wanted to start with um, a quote from Tina Gilbertson, who is a psychotherapist and an estrangement expert. She also has a podcast um, called The Reconnection Club, and you can find her on all the major um, podcast platforms. She's also on, um, her podcast is on uh, YouTube as well, so you can find her there. Um, But her quote is, the parent-child relationship is not like any other. In so many ways, your role has always been a more demanding one than your child's. If you were lucky, you had no responsibility for your parents when you were growing up. They took care of you and not the other way around. Parents care for their children and children are cared for by parents. There's something inherently asymmetrical about the relationship. That dynamic gets etched into both of your psyches as your child grows to maturity. And even though she's now an adult, she's never going to be exactly like your peers. It's clear that although parents and children are not exactly peers, even in adulthood, parents trade the responsibilities of parenting for the honor of being irreplaceable. Most of us have just one of each parent. Neither, excuse me, never believe you're interchangeable with anyone else in your adult child's life. Now, I know when I said the word irreplaceable, many of you went, you rolled your eyes and you went, whatever creed, they've tossed me away. And so evidently I'm irre- I am replaceable. And I'm asking you, to set aside that hurt and pain for a second as we get through this podcast and open your heart, listen with an open heart as I state at the very beginning of every podcast, right? To maybe hear something different, okay? Um, When I hear, and I hear this often, when I hear an estranged parent say, but we were like best friends. 
Like we did everything together. She was my confidant. I could, I could tell her anything and she could tell me anything. Again, when I hear a parent say that to me, I immediately think, oh my, this relationship is so off kilter, so off kilter. And I have very close people in my life who look at their kids as and state, she's my best friend. He's my best bud. Better than any best friend I've ever had, my kid. And I, my heart sinks when I hear that anymore. Because your children are not meant to be your best friend. They cannot, by the very nature of your relationship, do the things for you and fulfill the role for you of a best friend. To do so is placing them in situations with emotions and information that they are not responsible for, they're not ready for, they're not able to separate their feelings for you as their parent and your experiences. They cannot do that. And I am not talking about children who are eight or 12 or 16. I am still talking about our estranged adult children who are in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and even 50s and 60s. I mean, like, (laughs) I am not my mom's peer. I'm not. Because she will always be my mother. My father will always be my father. And by such, there is, an, as Tina refers to, an asymmetrical relationship. It is different, always has been, always will be. Children, regardless of their ages, tend to go into either fix-it mode for the parent right or they they step completely back because they're so overwhelmed with what is going on for the parent and this parent relying on them to be their bff that they can't handle it they don't know how to handle seeing a parent in pain or you know divorcing their their other parent that they're really close to and they they're torn between two people that they love you know and that's just one example you know we we joke that our best friends are you know people that'll be like our you know as they say today our ride or die you know person in our life that's you know going to jump in there and save the day with us and that's not supposed to be our kids it's just not it places burdens on them that they do not need to have or they internalize things and will then begin to say, oh, I'm not good enough because I can't help my mom through this. And I can say this because I did this to my youngest daughter, especially. 
when my relationship of 10 years ended and we moved from Florida to, to the Pacific Northwest to Washington State, um, it was her and I. And I looked at her as my friend. She, I didn't know anybody else up here, right? I didn't, I didn't have friends. I didn't, my, all of my friends were in Florida. I didn't have someone I could go to have meet for coffee or, or what have you. And so I relied heavily on my daughter to fulfill those things. And in the end, when we finally had, were able to have a conversation about why the estrangement occurred, that was, that was very much a part of it for her. Was that she was like, I, you relied on me to fulfill something in your life that I, was not my responsibility. And she was absolutely a thousand percent correct. And I told her that. And I apologized for that. And I told her I would never place her in that situation ever again. And I'm here to tell you that today I don't have a plethora of friends. It's not that I told her that and then I, you know, because I was like, oh, yeah, I've got this, you know, huge community of friends. And so it's not a huge big thing for me. Um, someone somewhere along the way will be able to pick up the, pick up that slack. That's not the case. I have very few trusted friends. And nine times out of ten, I don't let them in. So I deal with things on my own. And I deal with things with my therapist. As opposed to laying that on the line for my daughter. And putting it on their shoulders. Okay? Um, oftentimes we'll see this with uh, single parents. I was a single parent for a number of my parenting years. And, you know, because we're busy and with our kids most all the time, we rely on them to talk to, right? And or maybe they're overhearing conversations that we're having with our friends on the phone and things like that. That was back in the day before there were texting and silent ways of communication. Um, also, if you are a parent who has um, abandonment wounds, right? Um, I oftentimes will hear a parent say, yep, I remember when I became a mom and I was like, oh my God, now I have someone who will love me forever. And I can say that too because... I said that and now after my healing journey having reconciled with my children I recognize how unbelievably unfair that was and what a burden it places on our kids whether we say those words to them or we just by our actions that's implied right so, again, I'm raising my hand. I am not up here preaching from the pulpit on a Sunday telling you this, that, and the other thing, things that I haven't experienced. I have experienced these things. I know firsthand what I'm talking about. And I'm not saying that this is, you know, I... 
it's like I, I think along with the disclaimer of I'm not a therapist, a licensed therapist, at the beginning of every one of these episodes, I need to also have a disclaimer that says, I recognize that not everything that I say in this podcast episode is going to apply to every estrangement situation because someone always contacts me and says, but that doesn't apply to me. Okay, so if it doesn't apply to you, move on. I get it. I can't, there's no way that I can give every possible scenario and talk about every potential scenario and circumstance in estrangement. It's impossible for me to do. So if this doesn't apply to you, keep on keeping on, my friend. It's okay. There will be something else, another episode down the line that might resonate with you. Okay. Um, Sometimes I wish, (laughs) I wish I had a way to record when I talk with estranged parents or when I see posts from estranged, and and I'm generally talking about moms, um, that I could play back for them or to put like side by side for comments that, that they make. And like one of them that I hear repeated in some form or fashion all the time is something along the lines of one, where is the respect that I should get as their mom? And then within the same conversation or a few posts later, that same person says, When are they going to grow up and be an adult about this? You know, like any other relationship I have, where we talk about things and we get things resolved. And I go, oh my gosh, do they hear what they're saying? Right? You're saying that your adult child should respect you as their mom. So by saying that, you're saying that there's a hierarchy there, right? That I'm your mom. Therefore, I am deserving of respect because I carry the title of mom. And then there's a turnaround to say, when are they going to be an adult and grow up and have, you know, be able to have a conversation like I have with everyone else in my life? Well, again, they're not your peer. They're not your peer. It cannot be. You were responsible for them as they were when they were growing up. You weren't responsible for your best friend, for your BFF, for your neighbor, for your coworker, for your boss, for your yoga group people. You weren't responsible for them as a child. You were responsible for your child. You had financial obligations that you had to meet for your child. You didn't have financial obligations to meet for your BFF and all these other people in your life. You had to manage your child's life to a degree as they were growing up. You had to make sure they were safe. You had to make sure they had a roof over their head and and clothes on, on their back and hopefully tended to their emotional needs. You didn't have to do that for your BFF and all the other people in your life when they were growing up. It's a different relationship. So you can't have it both ways. If you want them to be your peer, 
then you don't get to say, but you need to respect me because I'm your mom. And if you want that respect because you're the, the, their mom, they're not you're still not your peer. They're not going to be your peer. And that's a whole nother topic I could, well, you know, I know I've talked and touched on before in the past about the respect and obedience and things like that, but that's, that's another thing. That's not what I'm talking about here today. I'm talking about the, the, your relationship with your child is unlike any other relationship you will ever have with any other human being. A parent-child relationship is different. Okay? Dr. Coleman talks about um, moving from the role of of a manager into the role of a consultant as your children grow and become adults that we have to we have to move from that and i have found that that has been what has been very successful for me in the recon- in my in my reconciliation with both of my daughters i no longer manage their life and by a manager i want you to think about let's just say let's just think about a manager at work right what would a manager at work do they're the ones who have expectations on the time that you arrive and the time that you leave when you're going to take your lunch break, what your your output is um, for your your skills and things that you're doing at, at work, they ex- have expectations regarding your behavior at work, and if those things aren't managed, aren't, aren't done and taken care of by you, they will step in and manage them for you. They will take care of things. They will, t- they will tell you what you will do and what you will not do, right? That's what we do with children. We are their managers as parents when they are young. But when they become adults, you're both adults. And as adults, we, when they become adults, we need to move into the consultant role and not be their managers. Right? Even though your relationship is that of parent and child and will always be parent and child, it's, it's, not, it's not that manager role anymore. I am there for my, for my kids if and when they come and ask me something. And I will tell you that is a very rare occasion. Very rare. And for the longest time, I, I resented that. I resented that because I remember going to my mom and asking her all sorts of questions. And, you know, especially when I was pregnant and I was like, what is this? Is this normal? Is this the way it's supposed to be? All of those questions. My mom went to her mom. Her mom went to her mom. And it finally occurred on, it dawned on me one day. I thought, oh my gosh. Well, when I was going through pregnancy and childbirth, there was not the internet. There was not social media. There were not online groups. And so I recognized and realized that my children, my adult children, 
are going to the internet to get their information. And that's what they do. So I took it less as a, I don't want mom's input and more of it's quick and easy and fast. And it's, it's what they are used to. It's how they have been trained to find information is to go online. So I stopped taking that personal and I started stepping into the role of a consultant. When they, if they want something from me, they know where I'm at and they, they reach out, they'll ask me. But until then, I stay, my mouth stays shut. Right? Um, I, will, I will give you a for instance. Not long ago, we were at the strawberry patch. I was with, there with my, my daughters and their families. And I cannot tell you how many times in that, during the time that we were together, that things crossed my mind and I thought I would start to say something and then I'd stop myself and I'd start to say something and I'd stop myself. (laughs) I'd start to say something. I'd stop myself because I was in the whole time. I'm saying to myself, consultant, not manager, consultant, not manager, consultant, not manager. Things like my oldest daughter had my youngest daughter's baby with her and was, you know, my youngest, my grand granddaughter was picking strawberries and squeezing them and getting them all over her hands. And at one point I wanted to say to my oldest daughter, oh my goodness, might want to check with her mama first to see if she, that's okay with her. And I was like, nope, not my place. I'm not the manager. I'm the consultant and a consultant only comes in when requested. A consultant does not just automatically start giving their opinion about everything. So when my granddaughter turned around and looked at me and my oldest daughter looked at me with this big grin on her face as my granddaughter is smushing these these strawberries in her hands, I just looked at my granddaughter and I said, wow, look at those strawberries. And that was it. I did not give my opinion. I did not state anything. And I figured if my granddaughter's mother had an issue with it, she'd take it up with her sister. Not for me to get in the middle of. Those are the things that I'm talking about. That's why it's different because had I stepped in and said something, then I would have been the nosy mom, right? They're not my, and if I had done that with my, you know, if it had been a bunch of friends out together with their kids and I had said something, it would likely not carry any sort of charge with that. But because it's my kids and we have such a long history together and such a a history that's been a bumpy one, as most of us do with our children at some point in time, there would have been triggers all over an input, a statement about maybe you want to check in with her mom first before you allow her to do that. Right? So they're not my peers. And things that I could say with my peers could very likely be triggers for my kids. So try to move on from the manager role to the consultant role. And remember that a consultant only comes in 
when requested. A consultant doesn't come to your house and knock on the door and say, hey, I'm a consult parenting consultant. Do you, do you need some consulting? Nope. <laughs> they sit back and they wait for their phone to ring or an email to come in or a text to come in that says, hey, I, I would like your, your help or input. Okay. Remember, there are triggers and something that seems very benign to you can be received in a very different way by a child, regardless of how old that child is. And I'm saying that because I am a 53-year-old adult child with a mother who can still say things to me that trigger me. So their age has nothing to do with it. It's the relationship. So please do not place expectations on your children that would lead them, leave, leave them to be in the role of a peer when they are not that. They're not. Honor the relationship that you have with your child. And I understand you may not actually be in connected with your child right now, but honor that relationship. It is different than any other relationship you will have with anyone else on the planet. Doesn't that deserve a place of honor and reverence? Honor that relationship. It's different. This brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you were able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your, your estrangement or reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, or becoming a financial supporter. You can also follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. A reminder, there is an online support group through Facebook. You can find us there at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. It is for um, mothers who identify a spiritual approach estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and desire to do inner self-work and reflection. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast, anonymously or not, please reach out. I can be reached via email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Again, theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Until next time. <laughs>